Welcome y'all, Celia Grace here with another installment of Grit, Grace, and Gratitude. This topic has been on my mind a lot lately for several reasons. It seems to be a topic that is related to many of the subjects I would like to approach with this program. I'm sure many or most of you will have had a different experience than me, but I would like to share my thoughts in order to open up conversations about it. Here we go. I was raised in Oklahoma, and while many of you do not consider that the South, I was taught to act like a lady. In my mind, I associated that with the southern bells of my imagination. I have always been an avid reader and seem to gravitate towards stories set in the South. These stories are filled with wonderful characters that inspired and formed my personality. I am blessed to have found a variety of Southern role models throughout my years and have come to like the woman that spawned from their influence. So many things fall under the umbrella of being a lady, like dress like a lady, talk like a lady, act like a lady. Social norms are something I preach to my students every day. I believe that they are put into place and expected of all of us to maintain some sort of order and civility in this crazy world we live in. My problem with some of our rules is that not everyone has a choice to fit into those expectations. Let me give you an example of how I was left to feel ostracized for something I had no control over. Most of my life, I expected to find a man, get married, have kids, and be a good wife. I managed to do three out of the four. My ex-husbands might disagree on the good wife part, but this is my story, so I'm going to go with it and call it a win on that one. Why is it that people think it's perfectly normal to ask married people, when are they going to have kids? This caused a huge problem for me for decades. I had no idea, but I would eventually learn that I could not have children. It wasn't anything I did wrong. I was just born that way. My infertility journey is another episode, so come back for that one later. But it wasn't something people wanted to talk about, almost as if it was contagious. I was happy for them, but devastated for my husband and I. It was a precarious position to be in. Why do people think women are incomplete without a man? I got divorced. It was a train wreck of a marriage. People took sides and I had to find new people to put in my life. I was 14 hours away from family and on my own. Thankfully, I was young and I was able to make it work. When I met my second husband, we dated and lived together for seven years before getting married. Most people thought we were already married when they got the invitation. It was a perfect wedding. Family, friends, dinner and dancing. We had a great life for the most part. Things got a little rough a little less than a year in, and we made it through and set out to start anew somewhere else. We put up a great facade for everyone, the perfect couple. As you know, and we'll get details in another episode, it did not last. After 22 years with this man, I found myself alone at 45 years old. It felt like I was the only one who had ever gotten a divorce, and that lasted for about eight months. Then I realized I was an idiot for thinking that. I found myself, and she was awesome. I dated some, but I couldn't pull the trigger on commitment. I told people who asked that there was someone, even if there wasn't anything to it, so they would have an answer they were expecting. My ex-husband thought I should find someone to take care of me. My family worried about me being alone and still so far from home. I reconnected with friends I had lost during my marriage and divorce. I found I liked being able to answer to only myself. 
It had been an adjustment for everyone to accept my new attitude toward relationships. I'm good. I feel someone will come along when it's time. Why is cursing in polite company a bad thing? Just kidding. I know this one. I have more than one side to me, as we all do. I tell my students, know your audience. This is a life skill, knowing how to say something according to the setting and people present. Most of my students would probably say they thought I was a totally straight arrow and a goody two-shoes. It is certainly the persona I tried to emulate starting as a teenager. I'm sure my mama would have washed my mouth out with soap if she knew how much I cursed with my friends. I even hid it well into adulthood, so my parents didn't think they had raised a total degenerate. I still keep it pretty private. My job depends on it. But I am able to curse like a sailor and tell body jokes when I am with my circle of friends. Why does everyone judge a woman by how she is dressed? Well, I'm a fan of this one to an extent. Hear me out, folks. I'm sure I got away with some things in high school just because of fashion trends. It was the 80s, after all. I wore the mess out of my tight boot jeans and my cheerleading skirt. Church dresses on Sunday, not too much skin anytime. I believe you dress according to how you wish to be treated. I love dress codes. They're an easy way to get out of fads. So many look at dress code as an infringement of their rights. I look at it as expectations. Now, I have purple hair, and that didn't happen until I was 45. When I first did it, I'm sure some people were out of sorts about it. Now, it's just my normal. I still dress conservatively for work, casually the rest of the time. I dress differently if I'm going out on a date or with friends, but never too much to cause trouble. Some hard truth for you young ones. If you dress like a hoe, they're going to treat you like one. You can hide a bad girl persona, but still be one. That's a better surprise, I promise you. What does act like a lady even mean? In my youth, it meant lots of things. But I think the main one, in addition to those talked about just a few minutes ago, is don't be a whore. If you are one, make sure you keep it under wraps. I went to church every Sunday. I had the earliest curfew of any of my friends. I didn't drink or do drugs. I was a pretty good kid for the most part. My vice as a teenager was being boy crazy. My first love was D. I longed for this boy for over a year before we got together. I would have to ask him, but I think we even pretended to like each other to make other people like us instead of going out. Dee became a part of the family. He was at my house all of the time, and my parents didn't mind. That boy was my first everything. We broke up my junior year and went out with other people. It was horrible. Most people didn't want to ask me out because they thought Dee and I would just get back together eventually. I imported boys for the most part. My freshman year of college found us back together again. Old habits die hard. It didn't work out, and I basically lost my mind and went wild. I ended up getting married that next summer to a man I met in class. I reconnected with Dee in 2020. We still can't remember what happened that didn't work for us the first time. Distance was an issue this last time, and I'm happy that he found somebody to have in his life. I was not ready for that yet, and it would have been unfair to him. Online dating is a shit show. I am not a barfly, so online seemed the way to go. I was busy with work, so texting was a godsend for me and getting to know somebody. 
I have managed to turn the disasters into funny anecdotes for my family and friends. No luck in finding the one yet, but I'm patient. In the meantime, a girl has needs. I am dumbfounded to have realized that the young ones don't mind dating the old ones. It was a dilemma for me, as I thought I would be judged harshly as a teacher. I said no. I was horrified, but also curious. I had questions, and I got some good answers. Then along came R. This boy Snapchatted me that we should hang out. Asked what was wrong with him. There are a lot of issues that came with R. I'll not get into those here. But he did not quit and convinced me to meet. He's changed my life. We're still hanging out almost a year later. This man does not have a filter and made me feel like a woman for the first time in decades. He is wild and he is a secret. I have a hard time not catching feelings, but we've made it work. We had a little bit of a disagreement about something and I thought he was gone for good, folks. I didn't think much of it. And another younger, even younger man responded with interest. Still not a relationship. Just two people getting together from time to time. I would never have been there without R building up my confidence like he did. He returned, still on, better than before. I began to think I want more, but who knows? It happens in the dead of night when no one is around. It's fun because it isn't every day, but I want someone more consistent, someone who wants to brag about me being his girl, someone age-appropriate, ah, just kidding, maybe somebody I can take home to my parents. We'll see how that goes. He does not fit the mold on that scenario, but he makes me feel like I can do anything, and that is new for me. I don't need a man, but if I want you, you can bet it's because I think you are something special. The fact that I have kept it secret and have not put it out in the public area for everyone to judge is just what I'm talking about. I have a friend that has been with me through all this mess the past two years. She has listened to me ad nauseum about my ups and downs. We're both single and have experienced some of the same issues with social norms. Third wheel hell is a thing. Not part of being a couple is a problem when hanging out with couples. Thankfully, I was able to graduate out of that with my friends after a bit after the divorce. We were both concerned about our parents and family and friends being happy with our choices. One day, it hit us that we were living our lives for everyone but ourselves. It's a hard pill to swallow. We decided that we would step out of that box and build our own. It has been a turning point for me. I now eat out alone. I have tattoos. I dye my hair crazy colors. And I have friends with benefits. I am still friends with my ex-husband and ex-in-laws. I have put together this podcast in the hopes that my story will help someone else know they aren't the only ones with crazy lives. It has taken all of the grit, grace, and gratitude that I can manage to choose to make myself happy despite everybody else's expectations. Don't get me wrong. I'm discreet. I don't fly it in the face of everyone when I skirt the rules. I am a lady, as far as most people know. The grit to make changes for myself that fly in the face of social norms is a daily struggle. The grace not to judge others for their choices? Same. And the gratitude for living another day? in this crazy life are gifts that I would hate to lose. Until next time, take care, y'all. Love you, bye.